Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast brought to you by Worship Catalyst. We are here to help leaders learn how to do more with less. For more information or engage with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast, uh, where we help you do more with less. And uh, looking forward to um, looking forward to this awesome conversation today. And I know you are going to get a lot out of this conversation today with Matt Etter. How's it going, Matt? I'm good. How are you, Austin? I'm doing great, man. I got to know Matt actually just a few months ago. We were doing some training with some churches in uh, in the Houston area, and uh, Matt is a worship leader that we've just been walking alongside of a little bit since then. And uh, man. Here's what I love about Matt. Well, I'm going to get, first of all, before we get into what I love about Matt, we are going to talk with Matt about what to do in the first three months of getting, entering into a new church job. Okay. So uh, a lot of people, you know, you listen to this podcast and maybe you're transitioning or you have, or you're thinking about it. And uh, when that time comes, what do you focus on first? And Matt has, has had the opportunity to be in a new church here just the last few months. So we're going to learn from him. So Matt, before we get into that, just let us know kind of who you are, what you do, where you do it, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, like you said, my name is Matt Etter. I'm the worship pastor at Texas Grand Chapel in Conroe, Texas, uh, just north of the Woodlands, way north of Houston. I came to the church back in July, and I've uh, been there since the middle of July. I think I was on vacation when they hired me, so yeah. uh, that was fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was nice that's not a bad vacation right you're in vacation and then they get a phone call that you got a job that's yeah. not bad I mean, it was great we were in hawaii so <laughs> when, when oh Steve wow called, even better yeah so it's hard to decide oh do i want to go back to conroe or do i want to stay in hawaii no yeah i don't know that is tough it would have been better if you had got a phone call from a pastor in hawaii <laughs> yep um and so i i've been leading worship i don't know i can't think back how long for a while uh, and, uh, for a long time. And, but I was in a period where I was just kind of waiting. I wasn't searching for a job. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even serving at a church. Wow. And then one day Steve reached out to me uh, over Facebook and uh, it's because he had had lunch with a previous uh, piano player that used to play at a church that I led at. And uh, that's kind of how all that happened was he reached out and we went and had lunch. And then we started having those conversations about possibly coming together and, doing this uh, Texas Grand Chapel together. So, yeah, it was totally God, definitely a God thing. How long did it take uh, from the time that you started talking to Steve until until you be- got offered that job? I would say about a month. Okay. Wow. That was super fast. Yeah, we both. So uh, another part of the story was that some of the folks that were helping support uh, one church that was helping support Texas Grand Chapel the pastor at that church, he and my mom had been on staff together back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And so we knew each other really well. His name is uh, Todd Gaston. And then okay. the the guy who married my wife and I, Zach Ashley, was also on that staff. And they both knew Steve. So Steve had already done a lot of reaching out to them and asking them questions. Mm-hmm. And, and then right. at lunch, Steve and I had a great lunch and then i met with the elders where'd you eat uh we ate at rudy's you can't go wrong with rudy's oh so you had lunch at rudy's barbecue i had lunch at rudy's barbecue because you can't go wrong uh. with barbecue and i knew right away that 
Yeah. God had like ordained something and, <laughs> and then Steve, you know, uh, it's just, it, it all works because. Yeah. I would say every, I would say like, I'm not going to say every, cause that's always a word you don't use, but I'm going to say a really good portion of lifelong relationships start over barbecue. Especially in Texas. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like barbecue, I, I mean, where else were you going to go? Were you going to go to like La Madeline or, I mean, you're not going to do that. Well, given that we were in Conroe, I, had we gone to La Madeline, I would have questioned a lot of things. Yeah. See, I, I'm saying you wouldn't yeah. have ended up at that church if you'd have started at La Madeline. No, no, no offense. It's just, it wouldn't have been as masculine. So. Right. Totally. Uh, All right. So, so you, you're on vacation in Hawaii. You get this phone call. You want this job, this opportunity to serve Jesus in this church, Texas Grand Chapel. You say yes. And then you jump in when you get back and you start. And so this is kind of the, what this conversation is about today, Matt. Um, what do you do in those first three months? Like, what do you focus on? Because when you step into a situation like that, there's a thousand things to think about, you know, from, from relationships to the music sets, to the technology pieces, to the individual instrumentations, to the training, to the, you know, I mean, there could be a million things you think about. And so I want to narrow that down because I think always in leadership, if we think about too many things, we get nothing done. Right. And so what are the top three or five, six, seven things that you think you focus on in the first three months of a new church? I would say you definitely have to get to know your team and who mm-hmm. they are, and, you know, their strengths, their weaknesses. I don't focus too much on the weaknesses. I like for them to tell me because then I can maybe come alongside and help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not going to you know, dictate whether or not they're going to stay on the team or anything like that. But you got to get to know your team. And are you talking about musically only or musically and relationally? What are the things that you focused on? Uh, relationally. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't too worried about the musical part. I wanted to kind of okay. know where they were, if they even liked being on the team. Right. And I wanted to build relationships with them outside of practices. So I found myself, especially with the guys, I found myself trying to have lunch with one of the guys who were on the team, the, the men, um, just to get to know them. And in the ladies, yeah. we had like a big meal together because I didn't feel right about doing that privately. But um, uh, we went out, we had lunch, we would have coffee or something. And, and, and there would be a lot of text messaging, you know, or maybe some phone calls of just getting, mm-hmm. hey, tell me how many kids you have. You know, what yeah. do you like to do? You know, Love because it. I don't know these people. I didn't know them at all. I think that's really great because I think it probably starts to build trust, right? And um, that they're... Yeah, because we're both kind of coming into it blind. Mm-hmm. Because the way it was for me is I came to a, a, I came to a rehearsal, rehearsed with the band, and I just kind of sat back and played the keys. And I led on a Sunday. And then I went out of town for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And But when I was even out of town, I was still kind of texting the band. You know, okay. or everybody on the team, even the media guys, just to, you know, texting them different things, different ideas. We were just kind of, you know, explaining to them how excited I was to be there and getting ready to come. And um, I just kind of hit the ground running even when I was on vacation. Yeah, that's good. I love that. All right. So get to know the team. That's number one. I love that that's. The, this is probably not a ranking here conversation, no. but I do love that that's the first thing you talk about because people, you know, ministry is people, right? And so for you to say that first up front, I think that's great. What else? What are some of the things we focused on in the first three months? Um, 
I would say serve the church in other areas besides the area that you're leading. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Get into that. What's that all about? Uh, so for me, we like, I guess we've just gotten back. It was a week or two after, and I led the pre-K kids uh, at VBS. And it allowed mm-hmm. for people who don't serve on the worship team to see me up there supporting another staff member, but also to, it showed them that I was committed to Texas Grand Chapel. It showed them right. that I wanted to do other things and I wasn't just coming to be the the worship leader and I was going to be on stage on Sunday and then just go home. It was showing yeah. that my family and I were going to be committed to the mission there. And um, that's really cool. So one thing I want to say about Matt, uh, Matt, this is a part, this is not considered a full-time job, correct? No. Okay. So, so you may be thinking as you're listening to this, oh, well, Matt took a job as a full-time worship pastor at a church. No, that's not it at all. I mean, this is like most of you that listen to this podcast. This is, this is a, a situation where he stepped into, you know, along with the other 50 things going on in his life, he stepped into a role at a church serving them by leading worship. And number two on his list is not only get to know people, but it's also to serve in another area. And man, I agree. I have found that to be probably the most credibility raising thing I've ever done in ministry is to be involved in other parts of the church. Mm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. All right. What else? Communicate expectations. You know, that mm. kind of goes with yeah. getting to know them, but mm-hmm. you, I'm constantly communicating. So for me, even though, yes, I am part-time every Monday, I send out an email every day. I probably text the group. Yeah. Every Thursday, I send out a Thursday thought of like an emotional type thing. I'll mm-hmm. write it either the night before and just schedule it. But it's so people can kind of get to, you know, see where we're headed. And, okay. and, and then no one can ever really question anything. And my Monday emails are even like, they're, they're planned out. It's like, hey, don't forget in January, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And you can't, you cannot over communicate. Yeah. But, so it sounds like to me that you have a natural gifting in communication and like organization. Is that true? In this area of my life? Yes. In other areas, yeah. probably so wh- not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so what would you, um, what would you say to somebody who's like, uh, I hate emails. I never think about stuff like that. You know, what are some things that they should like put into their schedule or to do or whatever? Well, you can schedule emails to go out. You don't have to write them right then and just hit send. I would encourage that if you're having trouble, you know, I don't work a nine to five job. I give music lessons. And so there is some flexibility in my day, but Mm -hmm. I'm also out till maybe eight 30 or nine o'clock when I'm not at band practice uh, doing music lessons. And um, so I have to find ways I make a list of things and I, I knock it out every single day of something that what I need to do. And a lot of that includes, communicating with with the right. church so that's good i love that man i love that there's like discipline to that and man uh yeah we gotta get better i love that okay so people get to know the people um we're gonna get involved in another area of the church and we're going to cast vision or share expectations that's what you said share expectations over and over again okay what, what else i would also say to stay in constant communication with the lead pastor ask mm, questions okay. ask him hey man how did you what do you feel about Sunday? You can't learn. I want his honest feedback. If he, you know, he's and 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 it also helps us build 
our relationship if we're constantly talking and it gets it allows for us to stay on mission yeah and um steve and i we do that we meet every tuesday for coffee but then you know every day we've texted or we've talked mm. and it, it it just helps keep the open line of communication it's it, it, and, and, and he may text me about something going on in the church that I'm really not over, but he's just making me aware. That's good. Did you say every day? Yes. Hmm. We talk every day, either via text or if I'm in the car or he's in the car, he'll call me. So there's a lot of value in that. What are the things that have come out of those conversations you think like what what do you what have you learned about each other not specifics but like how has that been a beneficial thing to talk or text every day it's allowed for me to kind of have an understanding of where he see you know what what hit the rhythm for him is with the church mm-hmm. um it's a lot he and i have a conversation we're in a building right now that is great for us right now but we're still dreaming it also allows yeah. for me to kind of see that he's still dreaming <laughs> You okay. Know? Yeah. And, and that's exciting because you want to know kind of where you're going. Yeah. Um, it's also allowed for us to kind of feel each other out and see how we react to different things. Okay. We're both, we both have learned that we're pretty passionate. We just approach it from different sides. Mm-hmm. And then it's allowed for us to build, you know, I, I think about it like this. I want to have a relationship with my wife and kids. So I got to be talking to them every day. Right. And, and my lead pastor is just as important. So if I'm not trying to build a relationship with him outside or off the stage, I don't know what we're ever going to really accomplish together. Hey, Matt, what would you say to a worship leader whose pastor doesn't really have that same viewpoint of having over communication, constant communication? I would say that they, you know, find time to go sit down and, and, and have them express that, that they want Mm. that. I think, I think, People always want to know if that's wanted. And I think yeah. most pastors would probably sit back and be like, oh, okay. I mean, we, we got to be a tan a team. We got to be a tandem. We got to work yes. together. So I would express yeah, for that sure. if that's really what you want. Yeah. Good. I love it. Um, do you sometimes just like pick just like hit call on the phone, call him and just say, Hey, how's it going? With yeah. no agenda. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Steve will sometimes call me and he's like, What's up, brother? And I'm like, Oh, hey. How you doing? And it's not even a yeah. conversation about church. It's just, hey, yeah. what are you doing today? You know? Yeah. And he he knows the rhythm. He knows the different things that I might be doing, the lessons and stuff. But but it's just cool that he checks in. And I love and it. Sometimes I do the same thing. That's so good. So pastors listening to this podcast, man, uh, that's so important for worship leaders to to know that um, you're connected, and so. Do whatever you need to do. Five minute touch base makes a huge difference. It yep. really does. All right. What else? I put down, I would also say be okay with mistakes because you're in this period where you're learning each mm. other. And if, yeah. if I overreact to something, then I, I've kind of set back that, that unity amongst the team. And we've, we've stopped being a team if they really see how I might react to something. Um, anything little, you know, be okay with mistakes. Ask, embrace it and then learn and then move on and don't let that ruin your day. Yeah. That's so important. You know, uh, I would even say laugh at yourself yeah. in front of everybody when you do make mistakes, right? Yeah. Don't take yourself that seriously. Yeah. 
I, I try not to. That's really good. Don't take yourself seriously. Take God very seriously, but yeah. don't take yourself very seriously. That's good. Exactly. Love it. All right. You got anything else? The last thing I, I would think of is you have to get to know your crowd. Okay. Yeah. I love it. And, and because that influences maybe how you pick songs. Mm. And, you know, I don't, I, that's one of the things I've always tried to do at another church I served at. We tried to really push the envelope, but we quickly found we needed to kind of go back to the hymns. Mm. And so then I had to find, figure out a way to, you know, maybe make it more worshipful, if you will. And, but we still did the hymns. And what we found is you see 80 year old people standing, lifting their hands in worship. And it wasn't, it was because I wasn't pushing my agenda. I right. got to know my crowd. and. At Texas Grand Chapel, it's a different crowd than where I've where I've served because they don't always listen to Christian music and different things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to kind of slow down a little bit in songs mm-hmm. that I might might do. But but you have to get to know your crowd, and it's and it's in the same way that you have to get to know your team. You have to get to know your congregation. Right. So, what are some ways that you have tried to get to know your congregation? Well, one of them is just showing up at different church events. Like, okay. you know, and, and, and then the other thing is to, if you're at the church event, don't just go hang out with the worship team, go over and talk to people who have no involvement in the worship team, but you know that they're an integral part of the, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, like we have a city serve, uh, commit a group that, that where we went out and did, uh, we gave, uh, bags and stuff to homeless, mm-hmm. uh, like poetry bags and stuff like that. Well, you showed up and you work it and, and, and you get to know people that way or um, men's group, you know, show up and hang out and just be a guy. Don't be the worship leader. Let that guy lead that and allow for, for you just to build relationships that way. It's all about building relationships. And uh, the more you can try to build, the better I think it'll be. Yeah, that's good. I love that, man. You know, one of the one of the ways that I've also liked to learn the congregation is just to really watch them sing. Yeah. And you can tell pretty quick. You can tell pretty quick how they connect with Jesus the most. Yes. You know? Instead of force feeding, shoving your own your own preferences down their throats. Exactly. <laughs> just to which, you know, which is kind of fun, but not fun at all, really. Yeah. So out of those six things that you just mentioned, Matt, what do you what have you found to be the most difficult in these first three or in your first three months to, to do being okay with mistakes? Mm. You're trying to, you know, I mean, I, we, well, you talk about excellence and, 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 and worship catalyst talks about excellence and that's great, but we're always going to make mistakes. Yeah. And, um, just being okay with it, learning from it and, and, and realizing that, People aren't looking at you under a, a microscope if you're allowing yourself to be approachable. Musicians, mm-hmm. as musicians, we don't always do that. And so, you know, we think we have to get up there and play it just right, have that great moment. And and I think you have to be okay with 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 failure. And yeah, that's good. And learn from it, humble yourself before it. And, you know, like you said, laugh at it. Okay, so I am observing as you're or like processing as you're talking about these six things that every single one of those we need to do in the first three months and the second three months and the next three <laughs> years and the next 20 years. 
Like we don't stop any of them, no. you know? So uh, these, it's just a really good leadership conversation here, Matt, that you've helped us with. So let's go through those again real quick before I ask you one last question. Um, get to know the team and stay connected to the team. Like really get to know who they are. Uh, what was the second one? Get to know the crowd. Get to know the crowd. Really, really important. Uh, stay connected to the pastor. Mm-hmm. Serve uh, the that's church. a big deal. Yes. Serve the church where um, in, in other, other areas, areas other than music. Yep. Communicate. Over communicate. Right. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communicate values, communicate expectations. All that's great. And then uh, just be okay with making mistakes. Don't take yourself that serious. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Really good. You know, if we could master those six things, there'd be no limit to what we could do, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So one last question that really has nothing to do with that. What do you do? And I ask a lot of worship leaders this question. What do you do consistently to get better at what you do as a musician or a leader or a singer or whatever? I, well, I, I still take vocal lessons. I take them once oh, a month. Great. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of a check-in. It's not anything too big, but I'll, I'll go and meet with my voice teacher and, yeah. you know, um, and I also practice every single day. Like oh, wow. I, okay. I carve out time to practice. I leave from the piano. So I'm always, always practicing piano, but there are mm-hmm. times where I'll also be like, Hey, this week, I'm not going to play piano. I'm going to play acoustic guitar. And I, uh, I'm admitting to you and everyone else who's listening. I'm not the best guitar player, but, there are times where I know I can play, but I still need to be practicing that. Yeah. And I can't just pick it up on a, you know, Tuesday night and be like, okay, I'm going to lead this from the guitar. If I'm not practicing. Um, I read a lot of leadership books outside of maybe that that don't really just, just leadership books in general. Right. And then I try to have conversations with other leaders, not worship leaders. I mean, I love to talk with other worship leaders, but we're going to talk about the same different, same things almost all yeah. the time. Right. Um, but I will talk to leaders, you know, maybe leaders at schools. My wife works in the school district, so I see a lot of principals. I try to play an active role in my kid's life, and I'm up there with the coaches, you know, and serving them. And um, you get to kind of pick up on different things. And if you're looking at it because you want to be a better leader, I think you try to do those types of things. And last but not least, I mean, I'm just constantly, I, I have people in my life who hold me accountable to make sure I'm staying in the word. Love it. If I'm not in the word, I'm not going to be an effective worship leader at all. And then yeah. I'm really not going to be an effective husband or dad, or just, I'm just going to be here. So those are the few things that I try to do. Matt, man, those are so helpful. I think that that relationship uh, with Jesus and having accountability, you know, there, you can't overstate the importance and the value of that because none of the rest of this stuff matters, you know, nope. if we're not with Jesus. So thank you, man. I appreciate all of the insight that you gave us today. And I know that it's going to be super helpful to people as they're transitioning and getting started or just like being in church, you know, just being yeah. a leader in a church. These are all just like solid principles. So <laughs> anyway, Matt, God bless you, bro. Thanks for your time. Thank you. And, uh, and for everybody, uh, if, you, if you're interested in continuing to listen to the podcast, uh, please do. You can hit subscribe. You also can go to Instagram to wor- Instagram uh, Worship Catalyst and see Two Minutes on Worship, our uh, every week theology drop, two minutes at a time on what the Bible says about worship. So look forward to seeing you over there as well. So God bless you all. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.